Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sideways in Time. I'm your co-host, Lucha Chris, and over to my, this way, over to my, whatever direction that is to you, is uh, the always gorgeous comedian, father, guy with a job, and a beard, and a, and a, and a hat. Patriot Pat. I almost forgot your name. What's up, Pat? That's all good. I mean, it's only on the screen. Thanks, Luch. Um, of all the intros I, I've ever had, that was one of them. That was. It was one of yeah. them. Yeah. But yeah, welcome back to Sideways in Time. This week's going to be, uh, well, I think we're going to have some ups and downs this week. We're going to have some high points and low points. Not, not so much low points in the show, but like what we're discussing. So I'm excited for it. And hey, if you if you didn't notice, I mean, obviously you'll have to be watching either from YouTube or if I get clips of this on our social medias. But you're actually watching us talk right now, right? I know. It's kind of fun. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Patrick looks great. I look like I'm halfway through a Thanos snap for whatever reason. I don't know why I'm like all gooey and just a peery. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, Zoom does what it wants to do. So, no, uh, like, I said, like I said last week, I look like a Ted Nugent roadie. So, you know, hey, you know, it could be call, worse. I'm going to call my finisher. I'm going to call my finisher the stranglehold. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right. Uh, so, anything the exciting? Partner is threadbare. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm done. You're good. Uh, anything exciting happened since uh, the last time we met up? Uh, with me, no. In wrestling. Eh. Not, not a whole lot that I can think of, except except for uh, NXT. The fuck? Yeah. So we might as well just jump right into it. So for our uh, quote unquote pre-show of the of the uh, podcast, we're going to talk about the not only rumors at this point, but the um, the rebranding, if that's the best term to use, of NXT here coming up probably sooner than we think more than likely this airs on a Thursday. So probably tonight uh, we might see some of the changes. Wait, NXT's on Tuesday. No, NXT, NXT was last night. Rumor is that the September 7th show. So next week is going to be the last of the current model. And then the week after that, they go with the new, whatever the fuck that nineties tie dyed Hawaiian fucking jams fucking shirts shit what, what the fuck was that logo so what? if you ha- if you haven't seen it uh it was a few days ago on all of wwe and nxt social medias they had uh unveiled a a new logo for nxt and it is hit or miss for a lot of people um a lot of people are comparing it to like a dynamite thing which i don't really see um, I mean, all the splash of colors and all that kind of stuff, maybe, but that's you're stretching it if you're trying to compare it to NXT at this point. Um, my initial reaction was awful, but you know, at this point, I'm not gonna shit all over it until we actually see what happens. I personally love that the newest logo they did with the the skull and the wings and that yeah. whole thing. I thought that was awesome. Right. It was very Triple H inspired, clearly, you know, with the, kind of the metal. <laughs> yeah, it's got a fucking skull in it. Of course, Trips was part of it. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's very heavy metal, you know, which I think is kind of the direction he he likes to keep it in a sense. But 
It is kind of a Nickelodeon-esque looking logo. Um, they've also said that there's going to be uh, quite a few changes to the roster, to the way the show itself operates. Um, and then according to Fightful Select, uh, as of, I think, yesterday, um, there's a lot of details on backstage reactions to the current rebranding and lack of specifics for the talent involved. So apparently, according to Fightful, it doesn't appear that many talent within the company have even been told much or seen much about the details of, you know, what they're doing to change it. And they've been kept in the dark um, on what's going to happen from here, which is kind of weird. Maybe it's exciting for them. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Like, it kind of blows my mind that guys like Samoa Joe and, and top talent may not actually know what's going on. Uh, what do you think? Okay, well, first off, when it comes to the logo, uh, I think I said something along the lines of what in the fucking Baywatch Nick Kids TGIF is the fucking going on here? That shit is hideous. I mean, like, I have <laughs> the I have the sweatshirt, uh, the hoodie of the fucking NXT with the skull with the fucking steel coming out as the Mohawk. Yeah. That motherfucker is tight as hell. It is um, cool. You know, I have just a regular NXT t-shirt, just the, the old, just bold uh, letters. Uh, you know, I have the mask. I love NXT. It was so refreshing. I mean, I, I watched a little bit here and there, but I started watching when Bobby Roode was a champion. That's gotcha. when I got really into it and watched it every week. And I was like, holy fuck, this is awesome. And now they're fucking changing it whatever reasons i've heard all the backstage reasons vince is pissed that they lost the wednesday night war whatever but it, it's the most popular i don't know if if vince is mad because that wasn't his creation and it's the most popular thing and he's you know fucking you know taking his ball and going home i don't you know i don't fucking know i mean sometimes you hear stories about him and you think he's a great businessman other times you hear stories about him and you're like He's a spoiled child who wants to get his way. Um, but uh, as far as the rebranding goes, I I can understand it in Vince's wheelhouse. He loves the huge guys. I mean, you know, he gets a hard on for the Lex Luger's and you know Parker Bordeaux. He's you know uh, yeah, he's, he's probably, be a big oh, that's good shit. Oh, that's good shit right there. Um, but. It, to completely change what is extremely popular and is, you know, generating revenue, I don't know, in something that is unknown. And then on top of that, you know, the the uh, the wrestlers that are in there, uh, either we're going to get anonymous sources from dirt sheets, and eh, you know, that's that's hinky when it comes to how accurate it is. When these motherfuckers are going to be doing actual interviews, they're going to be towing the line. Oh, this is a great opportunity. I love it. And, you know, and inside. Some of them might be dying inside, but they got to, you know, they want that paycheck, which, hey, you're going to go out, you're going to make your money, you're going to, you know, you're going to grind it and take care of yourself, take care of your family. Hey, fucking, you know, don that Duke the Dumpster Drossy gimmick, go out there and get that paycheck. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'm all for that. I'm just not going to watch it. Yeah, I, this this is probably going to be one of the very few times that you and I may not see totally eye to eye on all this. Now, I agree with everything you're saying because I'm terrified. But like you said, when you started watching, it was when Bobby Roode came around. I forget what year that was. It was probably 17. I think 17, maybe early 18. 
so I started rewatching NXT in 2016 is what got me back into wrestling full on. I had, I, you know, I had been keeping up with what was going on, but I wasn't watching Raw or SmackDown. I wasn't, I, I wasn't involved like that. Um, and then I got, I figured out what NXT was. I don't remember who the champion was at the time um, or anything like that. But fast forward, the talent isn't any less awesome than it's ever been. I feel like the talent <laughs> is still as good as it's always been. Oh yeah. Oh but yeah. I have to agree with like uh, Zach from from band from ringside of course i gotta throw my band from ringside buddies in there but he tweeted out yesterday at bfr zach with an h um that he totally forgot that nxt was even on on tuesday i forgot that it was even on tuesdays i remember there was a time not that long ago that nxt was must see every week every week led up to when is the next nxt the show hasn't been as good as it was a couple years ago. Now, again, that's not a knock on their talent. All the wrestlers have been phenomenal. All the people that they're bringing in are going to be phenomenal. I have no doubt that the talent's going to shine no matter what. But what excites me, as much as I'm terrified that whatever is going to happen from here on out is going to, quote unquote, ruin NXT, I'm also very hopeful that maybe a rebranding and a refresh is what it needs to kind of bring the excitement back. I also think personally that it should go back on the network or uh, fuck you peacock because, and, and again, and let me go back. Cause you said something about maybe Vince is upset about the Wednesday night wars, not, you know, them not winning the wars. Yeah. That was one of the rumors I have to say, and this has been said, I'm not the first one to say this. We as the fans are creating this war. The war is not between yeah, companies. Yeah. We're we're trying to hash out whatever we want to get back in nostalgia from, you know, the 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 attitude era where there was a war. The the only, 90s, yeah. Right. The only war I hope happens is that talent and bookers are trying to do better than the other. Not bury anybody. I think we're in an age now especially with guys like Tony Khan. He wants to see wrestling shine in general. He just did an interview, I forget what the uh with who where he was talking about how he actually got a lot of his business plan and agenda from the way Vince right. used to be when he was younger. Yeah. So back in the eighties. Yeah. He, he's not the He's, he's from this new generation that he's not trying to bury. He's not a Bischoff. Who's going to, at least even if he didn't mean it, he's not trying to bury talent. He's not trying to end WWE. If anything, he wants WWE to stick around. Like they're good for each other. As far as, trying to one-up each other creatively. I think that's a healthy thing. That's that competition that everyone needs. Um, that's, oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's all right. I just, it, my whole point is that I'm, I'm hopeful that this rebranding or whatever this actually turns out to be turns out for the better, that maybe there's just a new fresh thing, you know, I mean, and they, 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 they kind of rebranded when they went on TV. You know, it went from that, like you, your shirt, that's just that plain yellow NXT text to, or even even earlier than that, when the NXT text went up and down, you know, they've, they've kind of rebranded throughout the years and it's not necessarily been for the worst. I will agree. It's a little, the, the logo is a little Nickelodeon-esque. It's kind of kit. It looks a little kitty. That doesn't mean that it will be. Um, Fightful also said that, uh, 
you know, aside from them being very tight lipped about the process of NXT's future, they also said additionally, uh, one talent in the company um, stated that some changes are coming to CWC venue um, as far as, you know, the area around the ring is going to be adjusted and they're going to change the way it looks in CWC. Right now, it's kind of cage fightery, which I like. You know, it's I, got that it's that pseudo underground feel. But, you know, it this, uh, you know, it, it, this is like uh, more than indies. This is like, uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, it's got that like the blood sport, the Kumatai feel to it, to where it's, you know, just it, and not not saying anything in the ring is like that. You know, but, you know. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to go with fucking, you know, bright lights and flashy shit. I know it. I'm just, I'm scared. We're going to get the mid nineties hokey shit, which the mid nineties hokey shit in the mid nineties was okay. Uh, you know, for a, until fucking NWO came along, but it, we're beyond that. We're beyond kayfabe. We're beyond so many things right now that, uh, uh, I don't know. Well, and also, you know, the idea that they're going back to making it a developmental heavy promotion, the hokiness is it could definitely fit into that because they'd be trying out new gimmicks on NXT to kind of prepare and see what works and what doesn't work. What's I don't totally hate that either. It you know, they did that a lot in NXT in the earlier days. Look at uh Leo Kruger slash Adam Rose, you right. know, you know, yeah. So, like, yeah. But I think if they're going to do that, they do need to get off the uh, uh, get off USA and go back to the network or fuck cock. Right. No. And I totally agree. And, and again, you know, I'm terrified for it, but I also have to admit that I have not been all that interested in NXT. There's a few angles that I like and I try to keep my eye on a few of the wrestlers, um, but I don't watch it like I used to. Not like I do AEW anymore, you know. Um, and they were like my AEW in a sense before AEW popped up. I could they, not they get were, enough of NXT. Somebody said that they were the indies, you know, like the the home of the indies before AEW. And Which, you know, that's apparently going to change. They, you know, if, if all of the rumors are correct, they're saying that they're not even going to be looking at, they're not scouting at indie shows anymore. Which I kind of, I think is bullshit. But it may not be. You know, we who knows, man. We. We don't actually know at this point. We're going to find out yeah, here in the I future. It's so. all speculation and conjecture and, you know, and how many fuckers, how, you know, we're just a couple of assholes from Kansas city trying to do this shit. I mean, you know, how many right. other people are shooting this? I mean, you know, we don't fucking know. It's just, I'm nope. just, I'm just fucking worried. Uh, you know, I agree. Yeah, uh, and I don't know, uh, but uh, on the uh, flip side, Right now is such a great time in wrestling that if you're not going to get picked up by NXT, um, there's well, so many places got, to go. You got AEW, you got uh, Impact, you got Ring of Honor, you got NWA. Shout out I mean, to Trevor Murdoch. Yeah, no Trevor shit. Murdoch, new NWA champion. Shout out to him. I remember watching him with uh, Lance Cade. Fuck, yep. you know, I, I'm happy for that dude. You know, that's one of those guys that becomes champ, and you're like. Oh yeah, he deserves it. So shout out to Trevor Murdoch. And we can anyway, touch on that uh, for a for a quick second too. But you know, obviously history was made in St. Louis uh over the weekend. Um if you're not familiar, back in the early NWA days where Ric Flair and all those guys made their 
you know, made wrestling what it is today. Um, wrestling at the chase in St. Louis at chase Plaza was pretty much the Mecca of pro wrestling in those days. Yeah. There were a couple so of spots. It, it was it basically, it was the Midwest Madison square garden. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You would, yeah. Cause you would do the rotation, you know, you would do, uh, but St. Louis is a big show. You do like Evansville, Indiana, you do Kansas city, you do this and that and the other, right. but St. Louis was the MSG of the Midwest 100%. And I think if I'm not mistaken, 1987 was the last time NWA or any wrestling promotion had done a show at chase Plaza. So really? over the weekend. Yeah. So over the weekend, obviously, if you're watching or listening to this, you know, the struggle that Mickey James has been trying to have since leaving WWE, um, trying to get that promote her own all women pay-per-view on WWE got shut down. She threw the idea out to a couple other promotions. Obviously, uh, Billy Corgan and the NWA said, fuck yeah, let's do this. She's kind of got a she's got an end with NWA too. Yeah, you know, exactly. Being, you know, Mickey James Aldis. <laughs> I'm actually and I'm I'm actually really glad that it landed in NWA regardless, because I feel like NWA needs more shine. And this yeah. definitely did it. So it was yeah. NWA Empower. Uh, it was the all women's pay-per-view. I didn't get to go. Unfortunately, I wanted to, you know, I've got a lot of buddies from St. Louis. Obviously I'm from St. Louis. So it was a big deal to me, regardless it, from what I understand, I haven't been able to watch the whole card yet, but it was apparently a fantastic show. Uh, Chelsea green ultimately ended up winning the, um, I guess it, I, if I'm not mistaken, that's a, like a number one contendership. Yeah. Right? It was a number one title shot to take out. Oh God. Who's there? Who's there? I can't think of the name of the champ and I apologize. Yeah, damn it. Um, Camille? Is it Camille? Camille? Yes. So, who's a beast, by the way. She's oh, awesome. Yeah. But so, and we had like, you know, Tootie from St. Louis was, she was the last entrant and apparently was out to a huge pop. Um, and she deserved it. There were so many great, great wrestlers on that card. And so that was just a super epic show. Um, I think it was the very next night we had NWA 73. Yep. Uh, and that's where Trevor Murdoch took the championship, um, after a, what, two year reign or whatever it was. It was, uh, no, it was like a thousand, it was a thousand days for Something Nick like Aldis. Who, yeah. If you're a TNA fan from back in the day, Nick Aldis was Mangus and, or Brutus Mangus or whatever. Horrible gimmick, but yeah. God damn that dude is, oh, holy shit. He is good. Especially at NWA. He fits perfectly there. Um, and same with same with Murdoch, man. He's, mm-hmm. he's NWA as a motherfucker. Um, yeah, you know if you've well, ever watched it, trained by Harley Race. He's just he's some. He's a fucking basically. Yeah. He's the motherfucker that you would see at goddamn Feldman's or Rural King or where you know fucking Tractor Supply. <laughs> you know, looking at looking at fucking uh, uh, tractors and shit. Looking at fucking hay balers and stuff. <laughs> and yeah, he's the motherfucker you want. Like fucking schlepping, you know, or slopping pigs and stuff. That he's very NWA, you know, that kind of south southern super NWA. It's awesome. Um, so that's cool. It was very epic. It was really cool to see. Oh, and then of course Ric Flair made an appearance for the first time in many years and thanked Vince McMahon, thanked Triple H, thanked Shawn Michaels, Taker. Uh, yeah, Taker. You know, and and rightfully so. And I think honestly, I think for wrestling fans and some of the business, we needed to hear someone like him at a place like NWA where he belongs 
give credit where credit is due, even in a company mm-hmm. that we're not very happy with at the moment. It has nothing Absolutely. to do with the moment, you know. And you know, and I'm somebody who last week I said I was not happy with WWE. I'm still not happy with them, but yeah, I I will yeah I will say that yeah I mean they those Triple H fucking Sean fucking uh, Taker they the you know, they all were instrumental in uh, Flair's career you know Flair's later career exactly so so yeah awesome weekend um, you know a lot of things did happen and uh, I just you know unfortunately I don't think you were able to either. I've had a lot going on, so I didn't get to catch all that yet. And I will catch up on it um, real quick, too, before we move on. Uh, I eight eight ugh, words. AW's um, all out is this Sunday. So, oh, be- shit. yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go over the card real quick because um, full full boner time, like boner Maximus on this <laughs> card, dude. It's fucking ridiculous. So. Um, in no specific order, we've got, dude, this card is fucking ridiculous, Patrick. Okay. So, again, September 5th on pay-per-view for the TNT Championship, we have Miro, the champion, versus Eddie Kingston. What oh, the fuck? <laughs> dude, that... The Mad King versus the Redeemer? Oh, who knew, shit. Who knew what we needed that so bad? Like... <laughs> I never knew I always wanted this. (laughs) Uh, Seriously, that's that's nuts. And I I'm such a fucking mark. I just got a little bit of chills. Um, Then we've got dude. this. okay. I'm going to stop marking out. So we also have. No, actually, no. You know what? Fuck it. Mark out. Mark out. (laughs) I don't give a. I'm wearing a goddamn mask. I'm sick of these motherfuckers going, oh, you marked out. Like, okay, I met Jake the Snake Roberts, my all-time fucking favorite wrestler. I was like, holy shit. I hung out with him all fucking night, and I was like, holy shit, I can't believe I got to meet you. He's like, he's cool as fuck. I don't give a... These guys are people, too. They want to be excited. (laughs) My daughter's excited. (laughs) She's happy for me. Yeah. Lily, you mark out, too. You fucking see Lassie or some shit. Fucking mark out. Uh, Cody Rhodes' dog? Cody Rhodes' dog? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, you fucking mark out. You mark out to Matilda when the British Bulldog can bring into the ring. Yeah. Yeah. No. Now, see, we got to stop this. Oh, Mark out. I want people to think I like a wrestler. Fuck you. I got a fucking Ilya Dragunov shirt on. If I met Ilya Dragunov, I'd be like, holy fuck, that's Ilya Dragunov. That's Unbesiegkabar. Whatever. Fucking Unbesiegkabar. I don't speak Russian. But <laughs> yeah. still, still, if I. I mean, I'm not going to be an asshole, but yeah, be excited. Holy shit. They're wrestling for us. They're, they're doing this shit for us. So we're allowed to be excited. Fucking I, hell. I okay. Think you, anyway, I, I think you should take over the he's heating up segment. Um, <laughs> so, all right. So next up, we've got John Moxley versus Kojima. Uh, fucking new Japan fans go nuts. That's going to be tight. Fucking amazing. Um, then we've got the AEW Women's World Championship, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus Chris Stantlander. That's going to be fucking epic as well. Yeah. Well, how it's it's backwards. I, 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 it's mirror image. So like, this yeah. is my left hand. And I can't, <laughs> so I'm like, what do I do with my hands? Uh, then we've got this one's going to be interesting and kind of fun only because if I if I trust AEW, which I do after 
a lot of the things they've done, I trust their judgment and their creativity. Uh, the next one's Paul White versus QT Marshall. Um, obviously, this is kind of a hopefully it's going to be a squash match, but if not, it's going to be fun to see Paul White in the ring. I hope it doesn't happen constantly. Yeah. I hope this is kind of one of those things that happens once every every so often. Um, but it'd be the, fun. The, they're gonna, I think they're going to. They're going to use him the way that he should have been used all along, like Andre, like a fucking special attraction. I he agree. never needed the belt. He never needed no. the title. Come no. out for a few times a year. They could have used him like Brock for 20-some-odd years. Yeah, I mean, um, Giants, Giants yeah, got to be hard could. to book. Yeah, you know, it, and I mean, <laughs> also, dude's almost 50, and, you know, Agrimeglia, um, you, you know, you, you can't be doing this shit week in, week out. Um, yeah, I, you know, I agree. he shouldn't have been doing that shit his whole, but he's such a nice guy that he was like, yeah, boss, I'll do it. You, you, when you grow that big, you're, you know, the, the shit isn't as sturdy as stuff, you know? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's coming from Dr. Patriot Pat. So if you're taking medical <laughs> advice for me, God fucking help you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I used to have a normal face. I had some acne. I put some cream on it that he suggested. And now all of a sudden I have a mask on my face. Uh, so maybe it's good. I don't know. I don't know. If it's that- definitely an improvement. <laughs> See, <laughs> uh, up next, we've got another, another fucking banger. Uh, Pac or Pac pack versus Andrade. Oh, <laughs> again, oh. another fucking, fucking mind boggling match. Bastard pack. My Dude. wife, when she first saw Pac, she was like, he's my guy. He looks like he, okay, him and Champa look like they should have battle axes and be charging into Mordor. I agree. Totally agree. <laughs> and and, they're, and the story they're telling there is pretty cool. You know, is he going to? That's a great story. Are the Lucha Brothers going to leave the Death Triangle to join Andrade? Is, you know, I, there, there's a lot going on there, and I'm pretty excited about that one. Speaking of the Lucha Brothers, Steel Cage AEW Tag Team Championship match. The Young Bucks, the champions, versus the number one contenders, the Lucha Bros. I don't know if any of you guys saw their match at, I don't know if it was the first All Out. It was one of the early pay-per-views. It might have been All In, actually. Anyways, they had a match. First of all, Ray Phoenix is arguably one of the greatest wrestlers of our generation he's fucking and, fantastic oh yeah he's he he is wild to watch and yeah. penta penta is uh just fucking phenomenal too i and another high flyer but a different high flyer style he's and more of a heavy flyer actually, yeah but yeah dude can go and we actually had to look up what el zero miro el zero miro means and it's no like uh Zero fear. I was like, oh, okay. Yep, zero. Um, zero. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. I so, took uh, German in high school. So, <laughs> and then, and then, of course, you, you never go wrong with the Bucks. Um, oh, so my the, God. Hey, yeah. Okay. Let me just take a second to praise the Bucks. Ooh. They are like up there, like them, MJF, Omega. They are the consummate heels. I, I love hating the Bucks. Yeah, it's I, great absolutely despise them and i love that i despise them because they are forcing that emotion out of me i, I don't agree. hate them because you know of of what they're uh, 
I hate them because they're making me hate them. And I love that. I love that they're getting a visceral reaction out of me. They're so they're biggest they're great. asshole in the world. And I fucking love them. Just as just, the, the littlest things, like they just dye their hair and grow a handlebar must mustache. And it's just, it, it's the little thing. It's, it's kind of old school at the same time. I agree though. They're fantastic. Um, I got to jump oh, through the rest no. of this one real quick. The okay. rest of the, the card real quick so we can move on. Um, I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. Mark out, bro. That's what we're here for. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, and then we've got Chris Jericho versus MJF. It's Chris Jericho's career on the line. Uh, this is the final fight they're they're uh, marking it as. And how do you think this is going to go? Um, I have a feeling Jericho's I mean, taken off for a while. Really, I, I think Jericho's I, finally going to get his wing. I think MJF needs it more than Jericho. Personally, mm. I think MJF needs the win to make him a bigger heel. Jericho's gonna gonna pass does that he torch. Need to be a bigger heel. He needs. Does he, he need to be a. Yeah, he does. He he needs okay. this stamp. Of I fucking took Jericho oh, out of the business. He, re- he retired Jericho. Okay. okay. He needs that because Jericho will come back eventually, but he's probably going on tour soon. He's got, he needs some time off. He's been full time since all of this started. So he's okay. going to disappear. He'll probably come back in some capacity. If not wrestling, he's, he's either loved or hated on rampage as a commentator. He's got a lot of things he can be doing. Um, otherwise. So I'm going to take MJF on that one personally, but I could be wrong. Um, then we've also got, obviously, one of the most ante- anticipated match, if not the most anticipated match. We've got CM Punk versus Darby Allen uh, with Sting. This is Punk's first match in almost eight years. It's going to be cool as hell, man. It's kind of almost yeah. uh, Punk in his pre-WWE days versus Punk post-WWE days. You mm-hmm. know, it's they're, they're, they're very similar in that case. That's going to be a super cool match. Um, and then we've got our um, main event. Obviously, it's the uh, uh, Kenny Omega with Don Callis versus Christian Cage for the AEW Championship. I personally think Cage is going to lose this one. Yeah. I, I don't think they should take the title. Cage has got the Impact title. I think that's perfect. I think that all worked out great. Him taking this loss isn't going to kill it because he's still got the the Impact title. Um, there'll probably be some kind of shenanigans. You know, I would have to assume. That will kind of oh, help yeah. make Cage yeah. look even Young better. And Brandon Cutler. They've got the entire elite, you know, and with all of this, you know, they're they're you know, with the Bullet Club is kind of in impact and other places now. So you never know what might happen with that match to keep Kenny strong, but also make Christian Cage not look like a complete piece of shit on his way out. Um, so that'll be fun too. So yeah, fucking stacked uh all out card. And I am super stoked for that one. Um, into our undercard of the uh, of the show today, I'm gonna go real quick because I, I there was a lot going on. But this past Saturday, I was at Journey Pro Wrestling Weekend at Journeys, fucking awesome show. It was at Lemonade Park, which is a great spot for it. Honestly, it was outside big open space. It was a big, you know, weekend at journeys, weekend at Bernie's kind of pool party vibe. Everybody was dressed in their swim trunks and flip flops and had pool toys and all kinds of stuff. It was awesome. A couple of highlights. I mean, the the show was awesome. Um, 
but there was a lot of changes to the card last second, which is unfortunate, but it happens. And I don't think any of Journey Pro's fans gave a shit. You know, uh, I was discussing it with... Exactly. I was discussing it with seven, uh, seven, Kevin CK, um, on Twitter, another buddy of mine, you met him at one of the last, uh, journey pro shows, super cool dude. And we were talking about it and we were discussing how really it's not about the card to us at journey pro. We like to go to journey pro to hang out with friends, see some awesome wrestling. We know whether the, uh, you know, they've got talent from big companies or not that their homegrown talent is going to deliver every time regardless mm-hmm. um so a couple of things let's start with the ticket to ride uh gauntlet match um which was a lot of fun the whole concept behind it is super cool um one of the biggest highlights in the beginning was the very first match was gary J versus christian rose um they both ag- <laughs> they both agreed to knock knock each other out and they didn't waste any time trying to do it. They started beating the shit out of each other. Um, but it wasn't long before the Howlettes came out and interfered, started taking out Christian Rose or Christian Rose. It is his name. I thought it any goddamn words. Christian Rhodes and Gary J were getting the shit kicked out of them on the outside. Unfortunately, there was a double count out. So both Gary J and Christian Rose were counted out and could not or would not continue in the gauntlet match. Um, and I, I knew it in my head the whole time. I'm like, dude, how much you want to bet that Gary J and Christian Rose decide to tag up and at the next show, take on the Howlettes. Sure enough, Christian Rose grabs the mic, suggests that they team up to take on the Howlettes and that's what's going to happen. I'm not sure exactly what nice. show, um, but that'll be awesome because Christian Rose and Gary J are very like, they're not gnarly, like as in hardcore, but they're just super stiff. Um, and the Howlettes are just two big, bad motherfuckers. So that match is going to be fantastic. Um, move on. Um, there was, I'm not going to go over the whole thing because there's just a lot going on, but uh, Heidi Howitzer ends up with a ticket. Um, she took a win over Trevor. Um, then Iceman came out. And if there's any uh, uh, Metro pro fans from back in the day, you'll, you might remember the Iceman uh, sh- silly motherfucker. Anyways, it was pretty much just a big goof match uh Heidi yelled out who the fuck is this guy and it pretty much <laughs> pretty much everybody agreed um clearly she she beat him and got a second ticket Dallas Cade returned finally he was the one that was the uh co-host of the last <laughs> show who couldn't wrestle unfortunately but he's one of the darlings of Journey Pro um they had a <laughs> an awesome back and forth he has this move where he grabs people by the nipples and throws them but he was very reserved in doing so because he didn't want to grab a girl's nipples. Uh, and there was like a lot of back and forth about it. So what happens? Of course, Heidi grabs his nipples and does his own move <laughs> on them. Um, ultimately she beats Dallas Cade um, for another ticket. And then uh, some shenanigans ensue. Um, she ends up losing. Uh, we get Manders. Manders ends up with three tickets in the long run. Uh, Kenny Alfonso versus Manders is next. Kenny Alfonso, another huge favorite. Obviously, he's aligned with... Body like a Greek god. For real. Uh, He's obviously aligned with um, 
Jovi, who's the biggest heel manager in, oh God, in I love the that business. Uh, so what it what ends up happening is uh, Jovi comes out and introduces him, but also the next person in is Evan Gelestico, um, being another one of Jovi's clients. Um, and so you know we kind of have a, a a problem, obviously, because it's two of his guys versus each other. Jovi suggests that Kenny lays down and lets Jalistico win, take the ticket for the team. Uh, he says no, uh, which gets a big pop. And he says, okay, Jalistico's like, fine, I'll lay down. We just want to take the ticket for the team. He lays down. Kenny says, no, we're going to do this the right way. Starts to, uh, yeah. So kind of we get a Kenny Alfonso face turn. Um, Kenny finally ultimately eliminates Evan. Uh, and takes a ticket for himself. The last uh, match in the gauntlet is frontman Jassy, which was a very anticipated um, debut to Journey Pro. Uh, he comes out and tells Kenny he doesn't matter and gives him to the count of three to quit so that he can just win without embarrassment. Uh, Kenny won't back down, forcing Jassy to start the match. Let's go Kenny Chance and Sue. A great back and forth between the two of them. Ultimately, Kenny takes the final win uh, to the ticket to ride. So Manders gets the first buy with the most tickets and Kenny getting the title shot at whichever show it ends up being. They haven't announced their next show uh, officially yet. Um, after the intermission, we get Serge D and Everett Connors, which was actually an awesome match, full of drip. Uh, if you saw my Twitter at the end of the match, the the six foot uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex made its way into the ring, and uh, they have a little moment there. But Everett Connors if saw, wins. If you saw my Twitter, I made yeah. a meme about that. It was fucking <laughs> hilarious. Uh, so yeah, and then uh, so that was after intermission. Then we had awesome fucking match: Davy Vega versus Luke Langley. Um, obviously, Luke is in the Enlightenment with um, with uh, Mike Seidel. Mike yeah, Seidel. Mike, Mike Seidel. That match didn't happen. It was supposed to be the besties versus the enlightenment, but the card had to change due to some, some, uh, some complications. So, but it was awesome match. It was super epic. Both of those guys are awesome. Um, ultimately Vega takes the win over Luke. And then we had our main event, which was, or not, not the main event. I'm sorry. It went to AEW zone, dark order zone, Allen five angels versus moonshine Mantel. Uh, holy shit. This match was <laughs> phenomenal. Um, you know, it uh, five tries to tap out moonshine several times. It came super close multiple times, uh, but doesn't get it done until a surprise roll up by five big upset. I don't think anybody, I, I, I didn't know which side to take, but ultimately I said that like a lot, ultimately, um, anyways, Allen five angels wins the match, uh, via roll up. And gets a huge pop from the crowd, clearly. Awesome match. And then the main event being uh, Wyatt. And he retains against... Um, why am I having a, a moment here? Who was he? It was Wyatt versus... Uh, oh, Wyatt versus the returning Stallion Rogers. Uh, super stiff match. Super stiff match, uh, awesome match. And to be honest, with it being pure, 
pure wrestling rules as usual. It usually goes almost a full 60 minutes every time. This one actually another huge upset. Uh, Wyatt wins and uh, and and takes and re- retains the uh, Gateway Heritage Championship. So fantastic match, fantastic card up and down. Great time. Everybody had a fantastic time at the show. Uh, and yeah, it, it was it was tons and tons of fun. And apparently with some complications on where the next show will be. Uh, they haven't announced their official next show yet, but apparently at the, um, let's see. I'm trying to see which one it is. I'm looking for the text I just sent you. Uh, let's see. I'm just going to sit here and pet Lily, the Patriot pup. Do it up. Um, Oh, here, I'll just do it this way. Um, so the next show that Journey Pro will be a part of is going to be at the at Edwardsville in Edwardsville, Kansas for Autumn Fest on September 18th. And that's a free show. So if you're in uh, the Edwardsville, Kansas area or in KC or want to make the drive from wherever you're at, September 18th, totally free. And you'll get to see uh, a chunk of the Journey Pro talent wrestling for you so that's about be awesome. about what a half hour 45 minutes from kc somewhere in there so it's not a yeah, not from, a haul from liberty missouri it says it's going to take about 39 minutes so it's about the same as it would yeah, take so. us to get to kansas hall or any of the other venues so yeah yeah um, so yeah so that that should be fun and uh yeah so that'll conclude the uh the undercard of the show today um and uh yeah we're gonna go into one of your creations for the next segment here um got a little inspiration the other day he texted me and and uh actually sent me a little voice voice memo and not gonna lie it's a pretty fucking awesome idea uh so go ahead and take it away patrick okay so um we were we were talking about doing top tens and stuff but those take too long and if you're a fan of this show and the other episode you know that chris and i Sorry, Luch and I can fucking talk a lot. Um, yeah, by the way, that so, caught on at the Journey Pro show. Everybody was calling me Luch. So mission accomplished on that shit, buddy. Jesus Christ. Um, Man, continue. Luch! Um, uh, but yeah, so instead of doing a top 10, plus coming up with a top 10 and stuff, we're going to do, every week we're going to do a different Mount Rushmore. So it's not one, two, three, four. It's just your four best, no rankings, just four best every week. Um, and uh, this week we're going to do the our Mount Rushmore of uh, uh, people that never had a main strap. The, the uh, best you know, wrestlers that never that have never been the fight. strap. Right. Yep. Best wrestlers that never had the world title. And I'm I'm talking about they never had a world title in any of the major companies. I mean, you know, when you get to territories and shit, uh, you know, that you know, they could they could have been champ there, but I'm talking major companies, WWE, WCW, right. ECW, Ring of Honor, Impact, AEW, NWA. Um, I know NWA was a territory, but it's still a major title because it was a, affiliated with WCW TNA and uh so, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, if you were like the mid south or the you know something like that champion now, but uh, yeah, so four best wrestlers never to have a world title. You want mine? Yeah, let's go with you. You want mine first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, start mine up, is start e- us out. mine. Mine is easy, simple. Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig, Roddy Piper, 
Jake Roberts, Scott Hall. So funny. I was hoping we wouldn't have any of the same ones, but we had two um, <laughs> in mine. And thing is, I'm going to add a couple that are more modern as well, because I think there's a lot of people that deserved it that haven't gotten it um, in modern day too. But my number one is Jake Roberts. And my number two is Scott Hall. I think, both, mm. and the, the idea that Scott Hall never even got a championship in WCW like that. I know. I, and that I was the reason Bishop brought him in. He brought him in because he was like, this guy deserves a world title. And he never. Well, and you never, never know it. that could have ended up being, you know, partially because of his, his issues with substances and it's, stuff like that. There, he's outside of the ring. So, yeah. You know, you can't really make a champion you know, you can't have the shine on a champion that can't keep his shit together in those yeah. days. Um, but I still agree. I, unfortunately we never saw it. I also want to say had things worked out differently and this could end up in some type of what if down the road. Um, it had, it was one that was suggested. So it's one that we'll definitely do some way down the road, but Owen Hart. Yeah. I don't think he was ready for it at the time, but I feel like he oh, absolutely he was deserved it. He was on his way at 100%. And then I'm also going to say, and there's so many of these that we could do. I mean, I'm going to do some, uh, honorable mentions, um, you know, gold dust. If done properly, oh, yeah. he, he, at least I get why he was never the champion. That type of character is a little too risque to put in that spotlight, but he's, he's one of the most underrated characters in WWE history. Um, at least as far and, as they're concerned. From a fan's point of view, I think we all agree. Um, but then also, one thing, go ahead. Oh, I, with Goldust, one thing I would have done, even if he was a transitional champion. Right. But because, I mean, yeah, I know he bounced to WCW and TNA, but he had such a long time, and he was working with so many of the younger people. I mean, you know, they put him with fucking Snitsky. They put him right. with, you know, they gave him, and you know, and they gave him the shitty gimmick that he got so fucking over. Yeah. And you know, if I would have given it to him, work. even if it was, even if it was for a month, just as a thank you, just so he would yeah. go down in the history books. Yeah, yep, I agree. Um, and and another uh, honorable mention for me would have been Ted Ted DiBiase. Uh, there's yeah. no reason why he wasn't champion at, at, at one point in time. Um, but my last, I mean, he, action, he was he was champ when Andre gave it to him. Well, right. Uh, doesn't count anyway. Uh, and he didn't give it to him. He got some money for that shit. But uh, my actual fourth route, Mount route, much, much more, much more words, dude. Uh, it's Cesaro. And I know there's a yeah. lot of other ones, but Cesaro. I, I, didn't is do one anybody, I didn't do anybody current because there's still a chance they could get it. Um, yeah. There's not a chance Cesaro will ever be world champion. Unfortunately, not in WWE, but what was he ever ring of honor champion? I was never big on ring of honor, so I don't, I'm not uh, sure. I Maybe. Started, yeah, I mean, he, he I may have had some indie titles, uh, you know, but no, I mean, as far as I, the big, yeah, but I would, uh, I would say ring of honor would count, um, agree, as a world title. Uh, I'm not sure but, to be honest know, with you, but uh, yeah, as much as I love journey pro, I wouldn't count journey pros as a, as a world title. Right. No, I get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's mine would be Jake, the snake, Scott Hall, Ted, mm -hmm. Dib or, uh, not Ted DiBiase, uh, Owen Hart and Cesaro. 
I'm just gonna just gonna yeah. go with those. I think uh see my my other two perfect and uh uh J or perfect and Piper. Um yeah. yeah, well no, and Jake too. They were they were there during the Hulkamania stuff and yeah, they missed out because you know, of that. I mean yeah, perfect was a little later, so he could have got he could have gotten a feud with Bret Hart and and that taken would have been it fantastic. Watching his so if you watch Dolph Ziggler now, you're watching Kurt Hennig back in the early '90s, late '80s. Uh, and, I can you know, I can kind of agree with that. Dolph Ziggler is the perfect matchup of uh, Mr. Perfect and Heartbreak Kid. I think he is just he's the love child of Hennig and Michaels. But I could I see that. I could see that. God damn Kurt Hennig was just so fucking good. And I was too young to appreciate him then. Now, looking back, I'm like, same. God damn, he was so good. I didn't get it as much when I was younger because I was pretty young. Um, and what I saw was just Mr. Perfect being this kind of silly Mr. Perfect type character. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand how actually fantastic he was as a yeah. professional wrestler in general. Um, so the gimmick didn't really get over with me as a kid. I liked him, um, but I didn't see like superstar until I was old enough to understand what was actually going on. And he was fucking fantastic. Um, and then obviously Piper doesn't make any sense. You know, he didn't it need doesn't, it. It doesn't. He, he didn't need it. I, I, he didn't need it, but I would have loved to see it, even as a transitional champ. I would have loved to have seen it. He was the best villain that, you know, they had in the eighties best heel. Um, yeah, I would have loved to have, but again, height of Hulkamania. Right. You know, I agree. And that that's when Hulk was on his three-year run or whatever, five-year run, however long he had it. So, so what about um, you guys? I mean, if, you, if you're listening, if you're watching, let us know in the comments or, or tweet us. You can see uh, below us and next to us what our, uh, our uh, Twitter handles are here. Um, at okay, Don Patrick, to... at Lucha Chris right, TV, right. at Podcast Kinda. Um, Okay, I can't speak- get over to Chris's. <laughs> Speaking of Twitter handles, uh, we're going to go into our weekly segment featuring our big brother from Band from Ringside podcast, Jason Cornelius Bell at BFRJCB at BFR Pod. Then the other guys at BFR Bill at BFR Zach with an H. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go ahead and go into a weekly segment that we like to call He's Heating Up. And uh, JCB is going to go ahead and and, uh, go off for you for a second on a topic I think we can all agree with. So give us just a second and you'll hear from JCB. He's heating up. This is Band from Ringside. What's up, everybody? It's your boy JCB, Jason Cornelius Bell. I'm back with another rant. Um, Here's a trivia question for you. Who do you think has not won a singles match on Raw in almost seven months. It's a woman. I'll give you a couple of seconds to think about it. Okay, time's up. Shayna Baszler has not won a match, singles match on Raw in over seven months or almost seven months. I'm sorry. That's fucking ridiculous. Okay. You're going to tell me that someone as dominant as Shayna Baszler on the NXT side can't find a way to win a match in almost seven months looking at that roster come on man i mean it'd be different if like she was losing title matches to charlotte or you know 
I don't know, um, Sasha Bailey when she was healthy. Obviously, these are SmackDown women, so that has nothing to do with it. But you basically get my point. There's no reason in the world that Shayna Baszler should be winless in almost seven months in singles action. When you got Nia Jax running rampant now, I thought maybe Nia Jax would uh, turn on Shayna Baszler, flip Shayna Baszler heel, and then you would have Baszler versus Charlotte, which actually sounds like a original match, something you can work off of. No, no, no. We are going to go... Charlotte versus Nia Jax which blows my mind we've been there done that and we saw on Monday night it could be kind of unsafe at certain points some say it is unsafe some say it ain't I'll let you tell it I'll just say this no reason in the world that Shayna Baszler should not have a one one win in almost seven months that's why I can't stand the WWE sometimes when you give them the nugget Here's your gold nugget. They act like it's pyrite. No, this is a nugget that you can actually hold on to and work off of. Shayna Baszler, untapped talent, unused potential. This is your boy, JCB. I'm out. This is banned from ringside. And we're back. We want to thank JCB yet again uh, for giving us a weekly rant about professional wrestling. Clearly, Shayna Baszler is a topic that's not brought up enough anymore. And that's part of the problem. So. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. She's the baddest woman in the fucking game. I don't, I don't. She was, she was by far at the, at her height of NXT as champion. I can honestly say she was my favorite wrestler on NXT straight up. She was so fucking good. And now she's, I, I was know, not a fucking comic character. I was not as excited for any main roster call up like I was for Shayna Baszler because I figured because of her legitimacy that they would have used her properly, properly like a Brock Lesnar or whatever because of her background. She came up, she bit uh, fucking Becky's neck, which I was kind of like, Ugh. but yeah. I was like, okay, whatever. They're trying to make her seem like a fucking monster. I'm okay with it just as long as she wins. And sure enough, I mean, you heard Zach. I mean, you heard Jason. Obviously, that ain't happening. So, anyways, thanks again to um, BFR, Band from Ringside, and to JCB for he's heating Thank up. You, JCB. And uh, so, yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on to our main event of the evening. Go ahead and take us in. What are okay. we doing this week? Main event. This is what was voted on. We had the poll of the invasion. Uh, the curtain call didn't happen, or if Benoit didn't snap. And with what, 30 votes uh, total, and is this getting 70% of the votes, uh, we're doing what if Benoit didn't snap. Uh, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on what he did. Uh, we know what he did. He murdered his wife and his son, and then he killed himself over the course of a weekend. Um, he tried reaching out to people and stuff in cryptic, almost I don't know, insane messages. Um, he was very, he, look, just to, to, so we can keep it short, because we're going to try to keep this segment actually as positive as we, as we can. Um, we, like, like Patrick said, we all know what happened. Um, and he was very distraught, not only from multiple concussions, 
possible steroid use and the death of his best friend, Eddie Guerrero, among other things. He couldn't keep it together, and, and a lot of bad shit happened. Um, he, had, and, he had CTE, chronic traumatic encephalitis. Right. When they when they uh, did a brain scan on him or did an autopsy or whatever, they found out that he had what the brain of a severely of a like an eighty something year old person with right. severe dementia. Dude was in his forties. I think he was younger than maybe late thirty. He was younger than me. I'm in my mid forties, and yeah, he was younger than me. And, you know, severe dementia, all that stuff. And and dementia, it brings on violent tendencies in some people. And it came, so, it came you know. very quickly, like or it didn't come mm-hmm. very quickly. It it ramped up very quickly. And, and, yeah, and you know, yeah. obviously, and, if you've seen the Dark Side of the Ring episode, you know, obviously the death of Eddie Guerrero is the is the cherry on top for him. Yeah, that um, was the catalyst that sent him. Right. So that all being said, though, we are going to jump in at our time machine. We're going to go back in time. I'm sorry. Awful at branding. We're going to go sideways in time. uh, And we're going to talk about what if that we're going to skip over that. What if that never happened? Whether or not Guerrero had passed or not is a whole nother story. We're not going to touch on that necessarily um, because that could be another what if for another time. That is another what if that. uh, Right. That's one of the other dark ones. Yep. So. Let's just say that everything else has happened the way it happened. So Eddie still died, you know, and and things like that. But let's just say that Benoit was able to keep it together, get some help, and we're going to go from there. Um, Personally, I don't. I'm not even afraid to say it. It doesn't matter to me. Chris Benoit was one of my absolute favorite wrestlers of all time. Me too. Me too. You know, he had that dynamite kid about him, you know, kind of, he looked like him. He wrestled like him. He was that stiff little guy. Like for me personally, being a shorter guy, you know, and seeing a dude that was as big as he is, he's kind of like a pack in, in that sense too. He was just a small, big, he was believable as a champion, as a world heavyweight champion, even though he wasn't even six foot tall, you know, he was one of those guys. It didn't matter. He was believable. You believed that he could beat anybody, you know, um, and that's one of the reasons why I loved him so much. He wasn't the best character. He wasn't the best talker. Well, the character is a different story, but but he was so good. He was so fucking good. Um, so, again, we're going to go sideways in time, and we're going to talk about, I don't know where to start the moment exactly, but let's just say, generically, we're going to go into a random point in time before the death happened. Um, and we're going to talk about what would have changed in wrestling, what would have changed about his career. And, and go from there. Bones has obviously some things to say about it. Um, and I think he's going to continue to. Do you have some things to say? No, now you don't want to talk? Because we're recording a podcast here. You know what I'm saying, buddy? No? Okay. As soon as I start talking and don't look at him, he's going to start barking again. But um, so do you want to do you want to get started on where where we'd be right now if we went sideways in time? Okay. Um, I think one of the one of the bright spots to come out of this is the focus on brain safety. Because um, after this happened and the truth came out, so this never this never happens. You're still getting chair shots to the dome. You know, you're still. Uh, I didn't even think still about it like the, that. The, the concussion treatment, you know, it's just like rub some dirt on it, get back in there. You know, you got people 
that don't remember their match, don't remember their name. You know, they wake up the next morning and they don't realize that they won a fucking title the night before. Cause they, but then they're on Raw that next night or they're on Nitro that next night. Was not no Nitro wasn't. Uh, this was this was after you that. Know, anyway. Yeah, so you know they're on Raw the next night or whatever, or SmackDown later that week. So, so I think one of the positives to come out of it, and Lily Patriot, the Patriot Pups has a squeaky toy. <laughs> a fucking zoo in sideways in time. All so good. I think one of the things that is the is the the uh, you know the noggin safety is is paramount now because now we're like, oh fuck, uh, changed everything. Know, it changed everything mm-hmm. for yeah, the better, and, and, unfortunately for the better, you know, and it, it yeah. took an unfortunate event, an extremely unfortunate event to make a positive, get the company to finally pay attention that, Hey, that these chair shots and stuff like that aren't that important. Like they're really no. not. They're really and you not. Look at people. If you listen to like stone cold's podcast and stuff, he was talking about, he didn't know how to protect himself. So he was just taking shots to the dome. Well, look you at know, that! Look uh, at that match between The Rock and, and Mankind that was on. Uh, uh, oh yeah, that was the one the that, yeah. that. Fucking Dewey was crying because he took fourteen chair shots to the head. Dewey McFoley's son. Well, yeah, and his daughter. And well. They were both. There. Yeah, you know they were all. And uh, yeah, uh, well, even his wife was like, "This is too much." So, you know? so I mean, let's let, let's go with this. So this guy, he had feud of the year in two thousand four with Triple H. He had match of the year in 2004 versus Shawn Michaels and Triple H at WrestleMania 20. He had wrestle of the year in 2004, just in general. He was ranked number one in the top five singles wrestlers in PWI 500 in 2004. Ranked number uh, 69, nice, out of 500 wrestlers in PWI years in 2003. Like, first of all, 2004 was obviously his fucking year. Um, But do you think would he have um, had another championship reign? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, uh, um, and because uh, down the road you would have had. That's what you know, Angle started getting bigger, um, you know, and then uh, yeah, you had some of the other talents coming up. That's when Cena was coming up, and I mean, you know. Yeah, I think I think he would have if he didn't win the big one, he would have uh, challenged for it, you know, because, uh, yeah, happened. Yeah, him and Orton, him and Batista. Well, and so here's another here's another uh, scenario. Um, you know, he could have pulled a, a, a Kurt Angle. We could have ended up seeing him in TNA. Yeah. Um, you know, you never know, depending on how things went as far as. You know, maybe he's say, say he started to catch on that things weren't looking good for him mentally, um, reached out, got the help he needed, started to be, to be better. He probably would have been in a massive, massive advocate of safety and mental health and professional wrestling. Um, and maybe if WWE, maybe if WWE had not caught on to the dangers of those things the right way. Maybe he would have left um, to go somewhere else, being unhappy with the way things were going in WWE. Could have ended up in TNA, um, which just think about that. Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit in TNA would have been epic um, because. Uh, yeah, well, and at that time, 
or was it a little later? But you had Kurt Angle. You, yeah, you had Kurt Angle. You had Book there. You had Sting right. there. So you know, and, having go ahead. Well, having Benoit in with them, I mean, he could have been part of that main event mafia too. Right. Exactly. And you know, and plus he had you know Ric Flair at, at a time in mm-hmm. in that company as well. Like, but an, another alternative would have been you know maybe he knew after 2007 when all this actually happened. If it doesn't happen, say shortly thereafter, if he, like, again, if he was able to find himself some help, um, retires from in-ring work, either because he chose to or chose to, or because he was forced to, you know, I think at that point he would have been forced to, there's no way. I mean, if with, with the, with the death of Eddie, you know, I think he would have lost his will to wrestle anymore. Anyway, that being said, I think he would have been, again, not only a massive advocate for the future of safety in wrestling and mental health, but imagine him being backstage in any company, being a coach. Yeah. Like the yeah. idea that there would have been a whole generation of wrestlers that we're seeing today that were coached like by like NXT. You know, what if he would have ended up in, in, as a producer or a coach in NXT? Like imagine. Like he would have been great in NXT UK as far as being a, a coach, you know, just because of his kind of strong style and his, his stiff work rate. Like it's mind boggling the direction wrestling would have taken having him as an asset to build stars and yeah, get them ready, true. like would have been massive. Yeah, well, and I mean, well, look at Malenko in AEW because Malenko's working with the young guy, which Malenko, goddamn underrated talent. Um, yeah, he's another one. He's actually on one of the lists I was looking at as uh, um, extremely amazing wrestlers who never got uh, a heavyweight yeah. title. Um, yeah. But yeah, just imagine the team of Malenko and Benoit coaching you in the ring. Like, just the idea of the style of wrestling that would have come from that, like guys like, mm-hmm. uh, again, guys like pack and, you know, a lot of these strong, like stiff wrestlers, but they would have Kevin learned Owens. a way to be stiff and safe. Like Kevin Owens would have benefited from oh it. Uh, Riley, Bobby fish, uh, Champa Champa fucking. Cause he, oh my uh, God. yeah, uh, man. yeah. His style is close to Benoit's so I haven't Benoit trained totally him agree. Um, yeah and how many uh, plus look at uh, people that got cut from NXT right how many of them would have been in it you know stayed in NXT because they had him as a trainer how many would have left NXT because because I don't think Benoit would have been uh, you know easy um, no uh, well, and at the same time, what if he was at NXT the same time Bill DeMott was? Bill DeMott got, you know, let go for being way too harsh and kind of, wasn't he kind of pervy? Uh, you I, know. Don't, I don't know about that necessarily, but yeah, he was definitely well known for being. I, I don't know if he was kind of pervy. If he wasn't, I apologize, but I know that, yeah, he was uh, uh, pretty stiff with the, uh, like too stiff with the, with the trainees. Right. Well, with, with Benoit, like I personally believe that his wrestling career would have probably fizzled out shortly around the time all of this happened anyway. I would say at the max 2010, because it was 2007 when all the, the shadiness went down. Yeah. So 
I'd say at the very at the very latest around 2010, he probably would have made his in-ring retirement. Uh, regardless of where he went, I think that NXT would have been a fucking fantastic spot for him to land as far as being a coach. I mean, but this dude, CWA tag team champion, W or ECW tag team champion, IWGP junior weight heavyweight champion. Exactly. Uh, Super J Cup, fucking best of the super juniors. He had multiple, obviously multiple wins in the WWE. I mean, littered with gold and a dude who obviously had extreme passion for the business. Like he, like that is another reason like Eddie, Eddie was the same way. And that's probably why they loved each other so much because they had that in common. They, they had, they had their families, they had their lives, but they, they lived pro wrestling. Like there there was nothing else for them, you know? And, you know, and then we'd see David, who's struggling to get into the business because of what happened. David would have been trained by his dad, almost guaranteed, you know, and, and apparently he's actually going to start making some slowly making some appearances. He's, he's in contact with Tony Khan and guys at AEW, whether or not he ever lands there is another story. Um, but he's got eyes and aberrations of being a wrestler who actually considered at one point using his dad's name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, know, wasn't he going to be Chris Benoit Jr.? Yeah, so which would have it kind of throw a throwback to a kind of a lucha style. Obviously, he's not, but they use those like you know Rey Mysterio Jr. His uncle yeah. was the original Rey Mysterio. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, just the idea that he would have been able to open his wings to all of these future talents. Like, honestly, I feel like the wrestling business as a whole would have been in better because of it, because like you said, you made a valid, extremely valid point in the beginning that without all of this happening, WWE wouldn't have jumped on board with the strict safety laws as soon. They probably would have gotten there eventually. They would, they would have eventually, but you know, like last week when we were talking about how they would, you know, they would have been a few years behind. And shit, how many other people would have been injured? Or you know, uh, exactly. You know, you look at you, you all the wrestlers that we watched growing up. There was a few years there where they were fucking dropping like flies left and right and stuff yep. because they didn't take care of their bodies. They went out there, they drank, they partied, and they fucking you know literally got their heads bashed in. You know, and they were doing this 300 nights a year. Now there is so much of a focus on fucking health because, you know, you would open up Facebook or whatever, open up the news and stuff, and you'd see blah, 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 passed away at, you know, 62. What the yep. fuck? You know, unless it's something weird like earthquake dying of bladder cancer. Okay. I can under, you know, I can understand right, that. Right. Right. You know, fucking. You know, this person dropped dead of a heart attack. This person dropped dead of this. This person dropped dead. And you're like, plus all the head injuries. You know, so. So, yeah, so uh, nowadays they're more focused on on health. And if, if you just look at the caliber, like the bodies of the, the wrestlers and stuff, yeah, they're in much better shape, even if they're not cut like a fucking ricochet or a pack. Right, pack. right. Is pack? Pack. pack. Um, uh, even if they're not in that, they're, you know, I mean, like Adam Cole, you know, he's he's not ripped or anything, but you put him next to me, you're going to be like, God damn that guy looks good you know oh, yeah. like next to that fucking redneck looking bearded motherfucker <laughs> and that and that's and, you know and that's the thing like i i firmly believe 
and I could be way off. You never know. This is us speculating because we're sideways in time. But from my point of view, I feel like even if WWE had not jumped on board with the safety of their wrestlers right away because this didn't happen, I still feel like if he would have backed out of wrestling at least full time and was able to find the right help, he would have been the first person to jump on board to make sure that this doesn't happen in the future. You know, I have to believe that I have to, because he, especially if he was able to swallow the, the morning of Eddie dying and kind of trying to turn that into a positive, you know, he would have still had connections with um, Vicky and the Guerrero family and Chavo, you know, who could have kind of helped, bring him back up because there would have been a dark period regardless he would have disappeared regardless he i think that's the only thing that could have happened to keep his health in line mentally and physically is that around the time 2007 that this all went down he would have had to disappear for a while and get himself right and if he were to return i feel like that would have been if not his main focus one of the main focuses of his career to make sure that the safety of and the future of the talent is looked after. Um, that's my biggest takeaway from it anyways. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, though, because, I mean, would it have been too late for him to get help? Because his his brain was so, uh, it, you know, just fucked up. Uh, you know, it, you would have had to go back. He would have had to. It, and, I mean, you know, I'm sure that died a lot of work. You know, the, yeah, that diving headbutt 300 times a year uh, off the top rope, you know, because they banned that move until Daniel Bryan used it. And he only used it. He didn't. I, mean, I don't think. He, he, yeah, he, he didn't use it nearly as much as. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, you, there would you'd have to go way back, way back to. uh to get him to where his brain, because let's say he got treated and stuff like, you know, he didn't commit those heinous acts. Right. Would he have been, I mean, how much longer would have, would have, would his brain have held out, you know, before he, you know, would he, would he have gone to pudding basically? Would he, right. would it be, would he have become a vegetable eventually and, just and because of his brain? Right. And that's another way to look. I mean, we're looking at it as he stayed in the business originally, but there's always a, a great possibility he would have disappeared completely and just kind of lived whatever life he decided to live outside yeah. of wrestling. He would have had to. And then, yeah. And then, and then you, you open up Google and you see wrestler Chris Benoit dies of dementia, you know, 65 years old. And you're like, Oh shit, I forgot about him. Realistically, you know, you unfortunately know, it would have been a kind of a tragic ending regardless. I just like the idea that because we went back in time, it, we changed it for the better and he was able to stick around and because of us, I would, I would love it. Yeah. I would love it. If he, uh, if he didn't do those things and then, yeah. And he turned around and he was able to train and, you know, and train people in a fantastic wrestling style and also train people to protect themselves because I, agree. I mean, he knows how you fucking hurt your head. So he's going to know how to tell you how to not fucking hurt your head. Um, I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause it, like, 
Oh, it's good. You, you look at all these guys that come back from broken bones, broken legs, broken arms, broken necks and stuff. They come back and they're still able to go. You know, once Kurt. Yeah. Kurt's a great Kurt, example. Edge, Kurt, Edge, Champa. Right. Yeah. You know, There's a lot of them. But once once you get that uh, you know, once the brain starts going, it uh, it's you know. Yeah. Once your brain is is broken, it's it's broken. You know, there's no you know, it's Humpty Dumpty that shit. Yeah. 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 You can so. you can you can mend it, but it's it's never like you break a bone, and where the bone heals is stronger than the bone itself. You I know? agree. Um, but uh, well, yeah, it's science. Um, yeah. So any so uh, you should agree with that. But like, once your brain is broken, it'll get fixed. But it's like. It's still it's it's not as good as it was or better than what it's it's you know it's still messed up. Yeah. So, like I said, it, it could it could could have gone so many ways. You know, um, I like to think that he would have been able to take an extensive break, heal up the best he could, and aided the I like that too. Aided the professional wrestling business to the best of his abilities. Um, and it would have been a positive future for everybody involved, but there's a lot of scenarios that could have happened. I mean, that, and we kind of touched on quite a few of them. Um, again, but, yeah, let, let's stick to the positive timeline. I'm all right with that too. And if there's anything that we didn't touch on that you guys think, you know, could have happened in this scenario, you know, always, as always let us know either in the comments below or, you know, tweet us, um, about it but yeah so that was our that was our uh our what if of the week uh any final thoughts on that one pat yeah it's just i remember when it happened i was really sad um because we didn't you know when it happened we didn't know what happened we just knew chris benoit died it wasn't until a few days later and then the next night on raw they did the tribute and i still can't listen to that fucking song by uh oh i can't remember the band now but yeah, uh, I can't uh it. it's uh one thing um, oh, I can't yeah. listen to that song. Um, they, you know, cause they, they did that montage, um, finger 11. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. And I remember watching that episode of raw and crying my eyes out because Benoit was one of my favorites. And then when the news came out, what actually happened, I was pissed. I was angry at him. I wasn't angry at WWE because WWE, they were just like, hey, this is one of our current stars that died. Right, right. We're going to do a tribute show. And then later on, they were, I mean, you know. And they, they regret uh, having to go and, that route. You know, they, it's not yeah, like they. they yeah. And, and to I understand their, their reaction to it. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I understand the reaction to it. Like if you go on WWE.com, he doesn't have a profile. Like all the other champions have hyperlinks. He does not. Um, you know, they, they mention him, but you know, you're not, you know, you don't you there's find even, any information about him. There's even certain segments on the network, uh, Peacock that obviously he's still got matches on there because some of the most crucial matches of history yeah. involved him, but they've cut out certain commentary. They've cut out certain video packages. Like they've pretty much all but completely erased him from history. When they show the radicals, they would edit it. So, like, instead of the camera being like like this, they would scoot it over like yep. that. And, you know, and Benoit was sitting right there. So, um, basically like this. Oh, I can't do it. I was going to move you off yeah. screen. Yeah. There we <laughs> go. Yeah. But anyway, so, yeah. So, again, to end it on a positive note, I like to think that when we went sideways in time, 
to 2007 that he took some time off, got himself healed up, came back to the business, didn't necessarily wrestle, but went in to either be an advocate of mental health and physical health in the business and or became a coach and really helped mold a whole generation of wrestlers that we have today that are great. That could have been a whole nother step above with him as their mentor. Um, I think that would have been the best case scenario, unless he just didn't want to be a part of the business in general and just kind of went off living his life with his wife and kids. Um, you know, that would have been another fantastic scenario. Uh, you know, selfishly, we want to see our guy stay in the business. You know, but yeah. if, if he would have chose not to, I would have respected that too in retrospect. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. If he would have, if he would have rode off into the sunset and just, uh, you know, yeah, I would have been okay with that too. Then is the you know, if he did what you if he did what you suggested, that would have been beneficial to all of us. That have been right. beneficial to you know every everybody in the wrestling industry, from wrestlers down to fans. Um, and uh, uh. If he would have just said that's enough and rode off into the sunset, um, you know, you can't, you can't fucking blame him for that. No. Uh, you know, a dude lot of them have done it. Gave us, yeah, he gave us his fucking body, his whole career, and he said that's it. I'm, you know, moving to a farm. And think about you know, it this way just, too: he he would have he would have quit pretty much in the highlight of his career, which actually would have mm-hmm. ultimately made him even bigger. You know, and yeah. that, that usually when that happens, it's like, damn it, we want more, but we can't have it that keeps him in Good. conversation and makes things even bigger. So again, as usual, nope, nope. if we missed anything out, definitely let us know. Uh, tell us what you think. We'll do another poll probably either today or tomorrow um, as to what you guys want us to do for the next, what if for next week's show. Um, but yeah, uh, all in all, I had a good time as usual, hanging out with uh, my boy Patreon, Pat. Yeah. In this new all, all atmosphere. My, all, all the time I get to hang out with Luch is lunch. Son of a bitch. And uh, yeah, so yeah, we'll be doing the poll. Let us know what you think about you know about this topic. Um, let us still, know about you your guys Rushmore, can Rushmore too. Yeah, yeah. Let us know your Mount Rushmores. Um, uh, we'll you know we'll shout out some of them next week. Um, we'll give a new one next week. Um, and again, you know, if, if you're an indie wrestler, fucking hit us up. You know, and you know, give us matches to watch. Send us YouTube links or whatever, and you know, we'll fucking watch that shit and give her a review and you know if things work out maybe we can interview you and, well, and as always fucking yeah go ahead oh yeah as always fucking like comment and share fucking retweet fucking you know let you know get the word if you like the show get the word out and you know fucking maybe more people can like it and if you don't like the show um i hope you don't have any friends <laughs> and as cia punk said you know if you if you like it awesome if you don't go fuck yourself uh, yeah so yeah. anyways at If you don't like it, it doesn't matter, but you just aren't as cool. So anyways, uh, I guess that does it for this week's episode, episode 001. Uh, On behalf of Sideways in Time, I am Lucha Chris. I am Patriot Pat. Feel free to mark out. (laughs) All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Thanks for watching. If I can... I don't know where the, the I don't know how to turn off the